I'll just have a little bit of a, a chat in between and then we'll crack on with the questions. Not tonight, you're not on the list. Hello, I'm Connor McLoon and welcome to the You're Not On The List podcast created for Rewind That Track, where I interview and dive deep into the lives of those in the music industry. Everything from backstage to onstage, we're here to chat to the people that make up the scene. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you very much for checking it out. Now, this is the final episode of season two, a bonus episode, episode 31. We'll be back in the near future with season three. But if you haven't already, can you give us a five star rating and review if you enjoy the series? What I'll do is I'll read out some of the best and funniest reviews on the first episode back for season three. So get right in. There's also 30 previous episodes with great insight from label owners, managers, artists, festival organisers, videographers and photographers, the works. So if you haven't already checked them out, be sure to go back and listen to the previous episodes in the season break. My guest this week is an artist and entrepreneur from Nottingham. If he's not playing out, he's buying and selling some of the maddest stuff on the internet. It's Dayspley. During this episode, we discuss the impact that having your parents in a punk band can have on your music career. Uh, my dad was the lead singer and my mum was the drummer. My mum dragged me down to this studio in Nottingham. I must have been about that three or something. Self-promotion and how social media can impact your image. It's like almost a bit uh, narcissistic. Mm. You know, to be like posting, like I never even used to like posting pictures of myself or never mind videos. So like to announce that you've got a song or you've produced a song is like quite daunting. Do you know what I mean? And how buying and selling can go hand in hand with music. Can you give us an example about some of the stuff that you've sold online or sort of like days paid discounts sort of like ethos? Oh, fucking hell. Um, I think the double-ended dildos really set it up. <laughs> oh, that was I guess this week is a producer, DJ, and entrepreneur. One part's Johnny Rotten, Del Boy, Koki, and Nottingham's finest, a vinyl enthusiast, guest mixes on the likes of Rinse FM, played at the likes of Bass Fest, XO Wire, and Hit and Run. It's Dace Play. Good evening, fella. How are you? Hey, mate, I'm very well. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's getting a bit more summery, a little bit more springtime. It's doing everything for the serotonin, everything for the vitamin D. It's just a nice, nice atmosphere out in the world at the moment. Yeah, trust me, bro. I'm solar powered. You know, as soon as it's sunny, I just want to run outside and fuck everything off. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are worried about like, well, not worried, but there's a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, sit in the shade or do stuff like that. But you're a big fan, big fan of the summer, are you? Big sun enthusiast, big, oh, uh, big out there. Bro. I love the Canary Islands, you know what I mean? You catch me. Okay, okay, go on. Have you got any, uh, any, any holidays booked for like the rest of 2022? I'm last minute, man, I am, bro. I'll, I'll book it like three days before, you know, yeah. that's how you get the cheapest deals, isn't it? Right. That is, yeah. that is, that is, as someone that is, as I'm sure we'll get into later, an entrepreneur, someone that knows a bargain, someone that knows a deal, <laughs> booking those like last minute booking those last minute getting those last minute deals last minute flights last minute holidays that's the way to go if you can uh yeah if you can afford to uh to be sort of like just drop everything and go out there um then that's probably like yeah literally the best well, thing to do. Way, isn't it? like take your laptop and that like happy days i don't really it go is. out in nottingham so that's where i go drinking and do me bits and bobs do you know what i mean i don't really go out to the pub in nuts too much i'm always yeah. like tucked away working 24 yeah. you know what i mean 
Yeah, Nottingham on off 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 of the off of the top of my head is not a sun trap, is it? It's not somewhere that you would necessarily go like, I'm going down to Brighton or I'm going down to Bournemouth to catch a tan. You wouldn't go, I'm going to Nottingham to catch a tan. It's a, like you said, yeah, it's not necessarily somewhere that you would go yeah, to get the old yeah. thing to do. I think, I think the equator's a bit more than a stone's throw. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Don't know in your career have you played many sort of like student nights or like sort of like commercial nights at all or have you always um, been sort of like just bookings for like the heads yeah no i've never played i've never played like a student gig i'm, I'm starting to play those more commercial crowds now and that's a bit mad for me because obviously since i signed with earth agency yeah out just before in august that was so just as we come out of lockdown um i'm starting to see those more like big like you turn around and your name's in fucking flashing lights. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So playing those kind of events is, um, it's definitely different. It's a different vibe, but neither one's better than the other. Yeah. What it's part good. of it is different? Like what part of it is uh, different as in like, I've heard, I've heard people say it before on here, like crowd connection. Cause obviously you're like, fuck man, is like 10 foot in the air and yeah. like 20 foot back. And you're just relying on your monitors to, yeah, yeah mix and to get feedback off it um as well it's just a lot more clean cut okay so just sort of like pop in do your set do your hour performance then bop off no 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 not that oh right right i just mean clean cut in terms of performance so right the way our mix will be a lot more um i don't know if professional is the right word but a lot more timed and like making the tunes work for you whereas If I was playing like a mad up like grime rave with like 300 people in it, I'd be like mixing eight bar after eight bar. Okay, right, right. right. I get you. I get you. Doing back mad chops, but performance, it's more about like timing it well. Yeah. Reading the crowd and just, and like strategic double drops and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So do you, is there like sort of a, if you were playing a sort of a more commercial student set, do you think you'd sort of go in? I don't know what you're like, I don't know what your preparation is like for your normal set, but is it more like, right, I'll do this into this. This will be a double drop with this. This will be a double drop with this. And then the other sets are more like, I'll see what the crowd's saying and see what it's yeah, doing. Yeah. 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 Exactly, bro. Yeah. Like with those big, like when you, when I played tank, last week i think okay so that's tanking sheffield isn't it like the yeah, big sort of like the baseline one jamie doug is it jamie duggan and his brother that own it i think it's, i can't remember it's Jim. i think that's yeah. right yeah something yeah. like that but yeah that was fucking mad bro that was um yeah i, I, I think the capacity is um thousand people and it was rough yeah. and like it just went off like and just the, that's what i mean i have to sit and think like how can i play my sound but in a way that will make a thousand people in like quite a clean cut club in sheffield go off yeah. it, it slapped it it was sick sick is that is that the uh is that the biggest venue you think you've played or have you played uh um, i think the biggest was new year's eve a bass fest at bass fest yeah i did yeah. two gigs on new year's eve but that was bass fest and manchester okay um but yeah bass fest I, I don't even know how many people were there maybe like i don't know a lot two three four k really yeah i was on yeah. before dark sea and wind so yeah it, it was it was only like five o'clock in the afternoon but it was rammed it was mad now everyone on this podcast so far has been introduced to the industry at a different stage of their early life but damon might win the award for the earliest introduction 
and we talked about uh, in the intro as well a lot of accolades to your name just to get back into the uh, to the roots of sort of uh, your introduction to the industry and the roots of how you were in the industry what sort of like your earliest experiences into music and your earliest experiences sort of like um, engaging with music mate fucking literally day dot um, my mum and dad were in a punk band together oh so sick dad was I didn't know lead- that yeah yeah uh, my dad was the lead singer and my mum was the drummer yeah so literally from day dot I remember even like I must have been about, how old are you when you start talking? Like three or Yeah, four. it must have been, yeah. It must have been. I remember me down to the studio in Nottingham to like, I had to say something and I wouldn't say it because I was too like shy. Too shy, yeah. Yeah, 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 because I was like three or something. I, I forgot about that actually. I only just remembered that then. Magnet Studios next to the gym yeah. that we go to now actually. So every time I go in, it's like. It's, it's still there. The studios are still there. Yeah, Magnet Studios, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, since then, and then just literally raised on punk music. I've yeah. played, played, uh, played the guitar since I was about six. Right. What, so can you remember, because I, I quite like punk actually, can you remember like uh, any early bands or like early influences that like you were listening to or like what your mum and dad were like sort of like playing you? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like into like bands like Exploited, UK Subs, Sex Pistols, obviously, mm. The Clash, mm. um, Killing Joke. Nice. New nice. Model Army. Yeah, loads. Very, very musical. So quite heavy, like up-tempo, sort of like heavy, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, guitar, yeah, heavy yeah. drums, quite yeah. raw, like quite rough and rugged and raw, not like a polished sound, so like obviously punk is stereotypically no, sort of like something that's like like yeah. DIY, heavy reverb, like heavy sort of like... Um, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, like. Uh, yeah, no, like, no fucking about just yeah. raw and heavy, do you know what I mean? Like the maddest sounding, like the mix downs were pretty yeah. much non-existent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just mad. I think that's where I get most of my inspiration from for making yeah. that kind of music, isn't it? It's like, like heavy, heavy sort yeah, of like yeah, yeah, sound, yeah. that heavy sound, like loud. Like the, I think loud is probably the way to describe it. Isn't it? Like loud sound, <laughs> loud, loud, <laughs> innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I, I read this YouTube comment once, what I never forgot, and it was like the closest thing I've ever seen to like hate on my music. And I remember it said, um, sounds like a dustbin getting kicked. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you said that as a compliment you were like yep oh well have that yeah, absolutely any day of the week yeah 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 <laughs> that's sick and then so they they were they were playing like obviously producing that sound playing that sound getting you to listen to bits and pieces introducing you to guitar, to guitar what was sort of like that transition from stereotypically like not acoustic analog music playing instruments and bits and pieces like that what was the progression from you to like then DJing and producing electronic music well I suppose with the guitar thing like because I was like completely self-taught I never had a lesson I'd, I'd just always be learning um tabs they're called tabs like okay. these books of like tabs and it'd be like how to play Led Zeppelin how to play Jimi Hendrix yeah. um, blah 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 and then as time got on there was like DVDs and the internet and that and um, remember, I got—I think I got a four-track for Christmas. If you okay. remember them, and like four tracks, basically, it's—it's kind of like it's like you put a tape cassette into it, and you can build your own song on it mm. by doing each channel one by one. So you'll plug your guitar in, press record, do your thing for three minutes, and then yeah. you plug a mic in, and you could do your singing. So it'd all be like unquantized. Yeah. And like just one shot, and obviously because it's on cassette, you can't really just fucking press backspace. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then you put your drums in and whatever. So I think that's probably like the first bit of technology from that. And then um, I think the whole transition for me from like rock music, and as you say, like 
what's the word like real instruments into yeah. into like electronic and like leaning on to dubstep and that was definitely just rap and hip-hop discovering that when I was okay I don't know I remember it was a big thing so I'd be like one part of me loved like the clash and like Green Day and all these like mad old school like old old bands yeah but then there was the other side where it was like 50 Cent Eminem like Nas uh Kanye West and then that was the kind of tipping point you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. like loving production and like 808 hits and shit like that were you like jumping suddenly on the computer and we're like right i'm gonna download fruity loops i'm gonna download like this was before then i'm still talking when i'm about uh nine or ten okay 25 i just turned 25 so what year is that is that like 15 years ago what year is that uh 2022 so like 2007 is it might be 2007 10 yeah, something that that kind of sounds about right. But yeah, yeah. just and I, I remember I, I got obsessed with like turntablism off the okay. back of as I yeah, said. Yeah. I was watching all those old um, the DMC like championships and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like the Technics um, scratching. Yeah, so you had like a track and a couple of other people that have been doing it since time, like like yeah, yeah, turntablism, yeah. like it's putting on vinyl, getting like a. a a two channel mixer in the middle and doing like championships of like samples, like scratching over samples, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. samples and like dissing other DJs by looping samples and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, well. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like rap battles, but with yeah. um, turntables in it. Yeah. I got mad into that. It was, it, it was just, as I say, that, that year, what you say is right. 2007. Cause before all that, when you're saying things like, Oh, I just downloaded Fruity Loops or stuff like YouTube didn't even exist. in nah, seven, yeah. So, Obviously, just off the back of that, like loving hip hop. I remember, you know, you know when like Fifty Cent would drop an album, like it was like a motive to get a bus into town and buy mm. it and then come home and listen to it. It's like a big thing. Yeah, because otherwise you couldn't I mean, listen to it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that was like you'd have to. That was like something you look forward to and that. And then yeah. obviously, so YouTube launched in '08, and that must have been where I just found like discovered like scratching and. Mm. Is turntablism, is that the right word? Is yeah, that, that is absolutely the right word. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. For anyone that is using vinyl or anyone that is using like, to, whether it's a uh, direct drive or whether it's belt driven, like turntables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having to research all that because I really wanted some, but obviously it, co- it cost a fortune to have a pair of turntables. Yeah. Never mind the records, do you know what I mean? How was it with your mum and dad? Because obviously like they've, they're, they're in a punk band and stereotypically, obviously they're playing instruments and stuff like that. Was there ever any, f- not friction, or was there ever any pushback? I only, I'm only personally yeah, saying this yeah, no, they- from my dad because like I, I remember being the opposite way. My dad's really into jazz and funk and soul and stuff and like hip hop and whatever. And I remember being like seven years old, eight years old and like getting some free, do you remember you used to get free CDs and like the, the whatever the Sunday yeah, papers were as well? Yeah, yeah, in magazines. Like, yeah. yeah, so like, I remember, remember like, it was like, it was like early rock stuff and my dad like, he'd laugh now but he'd be like nah, turn this shit off like turn this shit off he's like no nah. he only listened to like jazz funk northern soul hip-hop other bits and stuff like that and i yeah. had the opposite to you where it was like i was trying to listen to this rock music and he was like nah, this is shit this is shit get it off so yeah, were yeah, your parents yeah. the other way and were you like trying to listen to hip-hop were they like nah, this is wank like don't listen to this or were well, they sort of like encouraging of it well my parents split up when i was about three okay so it was always just me and my mum so i think because it was I think if it was two versus one, I probably yeah. would have got overpowered thinking about it. I've never thought about that. Because obviously, as you say, like, when you're that age, like, bringing up different genres, like, they can kind of sway you then, innit? Yeah, like, yeah, obviously. 100%. But it's, it's still the same joke now. Like, I'll be playing her, like, some stuff, and she'll be like, 
oh, what's that? That's, do you know what I mean? But that's what she, her mum would have said about her stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, always the way, isn't it? This is what makes me laugh. It's like parents or adults get to a certain age and there's like cold classic films about teenagers, like it's Quadrophenia and there's loads of other films where it's like teenagers like playing music that their parents don't approve of and their parents are like, oh, this is shit. This is wank, turn it off. And then they're like, nah, this is my cult classic film. And it just happens in the generation. But you try to pull that out or like point that out to certain people and it's like, you realise this is what your parents said to you about the music you're loving now. Like how can you yeah, not see yeah, the bigger yeah. picture of being like, oh, it's just a new generation, new way new stuff like that so it's uh yeah it's funny to listen back and and, and see that from another perspective as well and be like, I, remember okay. she, I remember i got a like in um, eminem okay. so that was where that was like the point where when the slipknot cd would finish in the car yeah 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 but the eminem- and it would be like marshall mathers lp or something like that like yeah, early yeah, eminem, or, yeah. Um, yeah. which was the one with the, the album cover was um it, it was on like a dock of a bay and it was like purple Oh, I think uh, it was either the Slim, the Slim Shady LP. Oh, that's the Slim Shady yeah. LP. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he did Eminem show. Maybe after that, I think it might have been. I can't remember which order it goes in, but it's like that one. Then it's the black and white one, and then it's the Eminem show, and then yeah, it's like cool. Started and getting a bit wank after that, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, I think the like, I can't remember the last one that uh, it might have been the one that had like uh, yeah, it might have been Curtain Call, which was like the the greatest hits of. And then after that, I was just like. I lost interest to be honest personally but yeah um, I just again like, I just loved those old raw beats I remember I used to blaze this um his first ever album I think it's called Infinite yeah 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 the black and white one they're like yeah, yeah when it's sort of like I think there was like a I can't remember what um documentary I saw on it but he like got like a thousand pressed like originally like CD and then sold them and made money from them and then that obviously helped him get a little bit more and then obviously met Dre and stuff like that but um yeah Infinite used to be really difficult to get hold of before it was on Spotify yeah, yeah, yeah. before Bits and Pieces yeah. it was like I, a rare yeah 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 I remember just blazing a horrible rip of it on YouTube for years yeah. when I was younger yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's unreal. And then moving from that, then so like you said, you were you were combining the raw punky sound and the bass sound and the loud sound and the like aggression sound with lyrics and with like hip hop and with rap and stuff like that. What was sort of like the the first steps into DJing and what was the first steps into producing? Well, as I say, with all that turntablism and all that and that and like being vexed that I remember I was so young, I was like trying to research how to do um, is it Serato? Mm-hmm. I was trying to like from young I've been quite like just analytical like trying to see like comparing prices of getting like records or versus yeah. Serato and I was like I don't even know how that works to this day you know like you it may, it turns your turntables into a pair like controller. Yeah, so um, Andy C and Jaguar Skills are the ones that the the two that really use that. It's like the Serato DJ one. So it turns your it's like an analysis. So you have this basically like yeah, a yeah. blueprint of a of a track, and you will have it as a vinyl turntable. But you can run your tunes on Serato through this basically like like mimic yeah, yeah, vinyl yeah, turntable. Yeah. So that's how like Jag Skills uses his like cut up and mash up and stuff like that. So he's got like three or four with like the pads on the side as well, and Andy C as well uses in like the Serato, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like Serato DJ or Serato something where you can basically assign music to that sort of virtual vinyl, but like you can obviously mix oh, in tunes and mix so in bits and pieces. Like vinyl that. already has um, a cut on it. Yeah, yeah, so the vinyl is just like a vinyl disc, but you can assign basically like you would on a on a CDJ, you can assign a track to like deck A or deck B, and then that track is basically loaded onto that vinyl straight away. So you can match yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can mix it and scratch it and do bits and pieces like that. Yeah, see, and obviously that costs dough. So yeah. um I got I got this shit little controller from Maplins. I remember um I think it's called the Ion IQ. I remember Ion ones. Yeah, I do remember yeah, seeing like the brand Ion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was dead. 
I remember, I've so, heard loads of people chat about that new mark. A new mark, mate. The new mark mm-hmm. Mixtrap Pro 2 is infamous on this podcast. On that, that, like, like, everyone's on that, but you, my man was on the Ion. My yeah, man was on the yeah, Ion vibe. Yeah. So I said, like a two, like, I assume it's similar, like, to the new nah, mark. Like, no, no, nah, no. Nah, it was like, it was like that big. Oh, a proper yeah. mini, mini one. So nah, it was like two, like two fingers on the jog wheel type thing. Yeah, well, the jog wheel yeah. was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I had that for years. Um, yeah. And you were just sort of like, like, what were you, what were you like learning to mix, or what were you mixing at the time? I'm trying to think that actually. I was thinking that earlier. I remember obviously it was just a virtual DJ job. Yeah. So like free virtual DJ, download that, plug the eye on in, so you've got the interface as well. You can samples like, yeah, I remember like the horn and stuff on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to love that. I think it was just everything I was listening to, like all those Fifty Cent albums, Candy, Eminem. I'm just like doing like weird mashups, you know, yeah. find like weird instrumentals and just like yeah, yeah. you know to blend it together in that. Hey up my mates, it's Days Play and you're listening to the You're Not on the List podcast for Rewind That Track. When did you get into like producing? Like what was the what was the yeah, steps that, with producing? That was when I turned about thirteen. Okay, so still yeah. early. Like you said, you were you were early influences from your mum and dad in the band. Early, pretty in, in, retrospectively to everyone else we've read on the podcast, like early doors with the controller and stuff as well. And then thirteen as well was pretty early for like trying out. Actually, like you know what, I'm going to start producing or trying to make my own bits and pieces. Yeah, and the tunes still sound like a rubbish bin being kicked. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it? Go on. What were like? So you're opening up no, like the program. What what's the first program that you were like trying to produce bits on? Uh, Fruity Loops, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. as everyone, Fruity Loops, yeah, yeah, and like some mad cracked version of that, yeah, yeah. And was it like dubstep that you were trying to do, like sort of yeah, like basic yeah, yeah, dubstep yeah. sound then? So that's what you went straight into. So this would have been when you were 13, so what we're we talking like then, like 2011 ish, 2012. That's right, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I got some of the tunes as well, actually. I might, I might be able to send them to some of you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they like, do they still hold up? Uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do a little tweak, a little VIP here, a little like yeah. tweak there. You, you can get them out. You can get out on the label. Get the get the old pond life releases going. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> so you were like producing that um, on Fruity Loops, and then sort of what were the next steps? Because I'm assuming I've not been to Nottingham, but I know obviously like. Darcy's from those ends, Brucey's from those ends. Like I, I don't know too many people apart from the bass sound. But has Nottingham got like much of a much of sort of like a music scene, as in like like the rest of rest of it? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But obviously, when ah, this is and then this kind of leads into the next thing of like obviously not to try to go off on too much of a tangent. Yeah, but that's right. By the time I got to eighteen, that whole dubstep thing had been and gone. So I, I was like, as I say, I was so young and I had to like spectate it off YouTube and like, I was so gutted. I'd be watching like old like DMZ videos. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it, it, was, it, was, it was a horrible feeling because you're like, yo, I want to like, it's, it's not far, it's not too far away. Do you know what I mean? It's only hundred yeah. miles down the road. It yeah. felt like a bit of a myth. So that they were talking about obviously like Koki, we're talking about Mallow, we're talking about Lofa, yeah, we're talking right. about the plastic people, like artwork, Big Apple Records, like Scream, yeah, Benga, yeah. everything, there's Plastician, like everything that was down in London at that point. Um, yeah, and you're listening to like old school sets and old school like dubs and like you said, the DMZ releases that were coming out, Andy Ward dub, like everything else that's going on there. 
and then you're feeling like, oh, okay, yeah. Because after that, genuinely, like, I mean, people that that we have a lot of people like listen to the podcast that are from different backgrounds and stuff like that. Scream, who is quite a big name, obviously in the music industry and quite a big name in the electronic industry, had a series of time going through like. Um, early garage and then like dubstep and doing bits and pieces like that moved into disco then it's tech house and bits and pieces but that 2005 to like 2009 10 era of like five six years of like even 11 and 12 like when he was starting to do the later stuff with uh, benga having those releases on plastic people dmz like everything that was on rotten like like rotten all the all the other bits and pieces on his self-proclaimed album having that sort of that sound in london of dubstep as you were mentioning and having that sound and that movement of like right this is going like like everything that's going on um around that time around big apple records and then seeing that go and it shift into bro step and it shift into other bits and pieces and it sort of transverse out that must have uh yeah that must have been frustrating for you mate if you were like right, i, w- I want to make this sound or i'm producing this sound and it's now sort of the the tendrils of it are like sort of spiraling off yeah well especially in nottingham as well because obviously it's not really like a proper city do you know mm. what i mean so that yeah going into that so when you say music scene that's why i started doing pond life raves because soon like all that time i was gagging i was like practicing dj and collecting my vinyl getting it all ready for this big like oh 18th birthday i remember getting to it and it was like nothing do you know mm. what I mean? Nothing to play at, nothing to sort of go to, nothing to really, well, apart from Tumble Audio. Mm. Um, but at the time they were very um, like baseline driven. Yeah, I remember Tumble, oh, sorry, yeah. that was just, was just finishing uni in 2015, 2016. Well, I do just, remember like, that's yeah. just as I turned 18 in like 20. Right, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I remember being at uni and there'll be people listening to this going, oh yeah, I do sort of very vaguely remember that. So I was DJing at uni and I was just DJing originally Tech House and then moved into Grime and I had a lot of boys around me that were just DJing Techno and Tech House, Techno and Tech House and I fell upon uh, Tumble, fell upon Project, all that records and fell about a couple yeah. of the others and I was like, this this baseline sound and this bass sound is sick and it was just a Skepsis was like starting to come up and he performed in Bournemouth and it was a couple of other people. Darts, he was just coming through as well and a couple of other people and I was like, this bass sounds sick but all the people that I was rolling with and was chilling with were like, that's too heavy, like, I don't like that, I like, I like Tech House and I like bits and pieces like that so it's interesting for you to say like Tumble because I remember listening to that back like then and being like, this sound is sick, like why is no one playing this in before it's no one doing this so it's a uh, it's yeah. interesting that's just as you were turning 18 and were then like i want to be doing this i want to be playing this and stuff like that and it was like yeah sort of like coming out of favor with the sound at the time yeah yeah those those raves were sick what tumble did they were like legendary they were once a month in it so it was like it's like going to church or something like it was <laughs> religious you know what i mean it's yeah like, oh, i'll see you i'll see you at tumble then do you know what i mean yeah. it's like saturday of the month or something i mean, i went there bare times with fake id as well because i was so gagging i remember yeah I remember I took my missus at the time. It was Valentine's Day. They had Khan and Nikon. Nice, nice, that, nice, nice. That was when I was like 17 and that was that was just life-changing. You know, actually, that like first time hearing those kind of dubs yeah. through um, Sinai Sound System, like it was... I That's a sick like, sound system and a sick duo. So obviously Khan and Neat from uh, yeah. Bristol Ends, like doing Bandulu Records. I remember that sort of like, yeah, that sound of like That's, dub. That's when Khan and Neek were like booming like i was buying every release of theirs i remember yeah. i bumped into Khan once as well got him to sign it yeah because um, it was strictly so they run a label that was strictly at the time strictly vinyl wasn't it like strictly, yeah, strictly Bandulu, vinyl Bandulu records um the the people listening you might know it might not it was like it was skeleton sort of like iconography wasn't it and skeleton like, i remember it was sort of like yeah. black and white and skeletons on the uh artwork and everything that was going in release was like heavy dub and it was sick but it was just strictly like vinyl only like wax only yeah, uh, minimal as well i think i got mm. one I, 
I'll get it out later. But um, yeah, the, the artist who does it, I think his name is uh, Joshua Hughes. Okay. Joshua Hughes, Joshua Shout Hughes Joshua. or something, something like that. But yeah, that, and that just ties in again to that kind of punky thing. Like it's bare mm. punky, like proper like minimal analog raw, like music, raw, music sort of like, yeah yeah screen printed like that's that's really what I'm, I'm into like artistically myself and so what was it that made you you touched on it then earlier so what was it that made you sort of like start practice mixing obviously on the controller start doing bits and pieces on fruity loops have then started like pond life like the 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 night and the brand and stuff like that what was it that sort of made you start that like night and what what went behind the name of like pond life well, for that, it, it more goes into like, as I say, with all that, all of that, and like, we've only kind of really chatted about uh, dubstep, but grime is like a massive part of it as well, because I kind of see them both as the same genre in a way, because the grime, what I love is over dubstep beats, but it's like mm. in between. But basically, yeah, like three months after my 18th, I just chucked a party on with like bare MCs. Yeah. Um, just got MCs from all over the shop, like got like Eyes, K-Dot, cryptic uh i'll send you the flyer if you want to whack it in the uh, yeah, yeah in the in the video but yeah it was sick bro yeah it was like a dream come true that's what i mean that's all i've been waiting for you know watching like who's the boss and um yeah yeah, yeah. all these like yeah, grime, nice, yeah. grime raves and shit on youtube and then finally 18 and it's like yo like i want one i need one so i just yeah. it on. obviously like two questions and you can be as open and honest as you feel comfortable saying Number one, how did you fund it with the first like event that you were doing and the first sort of like, right, this is the, this is the event that I'm going to put on? Because like obviously for a lot of people listening, like they might not necessarily appreciate or understand how much funding goes into like getting all, like you mentioned all these MCs and stuff like that. Like were you asking him to come oh, for free is, or were you like... Bare, this is bare, like, Pond Life started off as fuck all. It was like bare yeah. official. You should have seen, when you see the flyer, you'll know what's going on. It was shite. Um, everyone was just like... It was. It won't know. I've never even. I've never even booked anyone through an agent for Pond Life. Yeah, just so DMs. Kind of like, it probably just DMs on Facebook and stuff like that. Instagram. What? What? what it, it was no. There was no budget for it at all because what it was, it was like it was something stupid, like three pound on the door. Okay. No, half the people didn't even pay because there's my mate on the door yeah. and he was out smoking. Like, let him in. Let him in. It let him in. Like, yeah. It was. It was just in the back of a shit pub, bro. It wasn't no big event. It was like. Okay. In, back of this pub in Derby called the the Victoria Inn. Okay. Um, I think I paid eyes like 20 quid. <laughs> That's not, sick. I'm that not is sure sick. I even ever gave it to him. So if he's listening, he owes you 20 quid. You owe him yeah, 20 quid. Yeah. That's what it is. He followed yeah. me the other day as well. So I'm going to be getting to <laughs> He's chasing it up. He's sending the boys around, mate. He's sending yeah, the yeah, boys yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you owe me that 20 quid. But yeah, that's how I funded it because it didn't cost. It didn't cost a lot. Okay, so that's fair. Did your mum and dad played there before, like as as their band? They've been there before. They've been yeah. there. It's like a place on the circuit where like a band, what you'd like, would play in. Yeah. Northern. It's a bit like uh, what would you compare it to in Knots? Maybe compare it to like Maze in Nottingham. Okay. Like just like some grotty, rundown punk yeah. thing. Most of them are no more, do you know what I mean? And yeah, they, obviously they, like Corona and a lot of other stuff that has closed stuff down, funding and bits and pieces. The first event went well though. It must have went well for you to like carry on doing it and it wasn't like a nightmare. It was like, was it? would you it say? Was, it's a, it's a I, remember, um, I remember seeing my mum after it when I got home and she thought I was on drugs. 
because you were so like hyped like the endorphins and like everything going yeah obviously I was only 18 so I was like quite like fresh to things like that and I was like what are you on about like drugs obviously what are you on about like obviously I smoked weed back then but one never know if like heavy shit like that but yeah, yeah like the buzz of doing that was mad like so like like kind of 10 years of frustration let out you know what yeah. I mean? that's, it, that's really good that it was obviously like you said you've had this listen you've been listening to sets you've been listening to different music you've got all these inspirations and the first event goes well and it gives you the enthusiasm and gives you the confidence to obviously then carry on forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are you under the are you under the name Daceplate at this point, or is it just literally doing pond life events? Like no, you're just putting I, bits and pieces on. I, I DJ that as pond life. Okay. Yeah, on the DJ thing, I think it literally said pond life because I, I yeah. didn't know what to call myself. I didn't have a name. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. And then how long, or what was it the next steps then where you were like, right, that first event's gone well. What was the next steps for you to either put on the next event or what was the next steps for you to be like, right, I'm going to start getting this producing and DJing like screwed down? Yeah, yeah. What what was like the catalyst? Um, well, that, that Derby event only came in because I DJed for a mate of mine who was rapping with a load of other MCs there in that same venue and it won't, there weren't really many people there, but I think yeah. it was all right. I think it was all right for a Tuesday night in Derby or whatever. Must have only been like 20 people there. But then the sound engineer said to me, oh, do you want to do the same thing in two weeks and we'll split the door takings? Sick. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That adds in a bit to the budgeting thing, what you was asking about. It wasn't like I manually had to pay a venue. A yeah, yeah. It was just like, some scraggy sound engineer said, oh, do you want to do this again in two weeks? And I was like, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that happened. That's how that first one happened. But then after that, what would you say? What was the catalyst to keep on going? Yeah. So like most people, like if their first event had gone bad, they'd either got a massive enthusiasm for it and they're like, fuck it, I'll take a, I'll take a 500 pound loss, a grand loss and I'll carry on doing it. Or um, they will be like, okay, that first event has gone well. Therefore, I will put on another one in a month, or I'll put another one on in two months, or stuff like that. To, yeah. Just like- yeah. Um, after that, uh, we started doing parties again, like same vibe, just doing um, just mad parties in places where you'd never go to, where you'd never see a sound system. So we ended up starting using the sound system, investing into that because that was like a next big bit. That was yeah. like the one thing up with that Derby gig. It it, it was sick because then, but like the people were louder than the speakers. Yeah, the speakers, yeah. Won't fuck all low end, but um, just started convincing like pub owners to let us do raves in their like function room. Yeah, yeah. And it was sick, bro. I'd sort of, I'd always sell it out. Um, so you buy a sound. You bought a sound system then, like a, a bit of kit, a bit of like gear well, and stuff at the like time, that. At the time. Um, I discovered this lad called Jamie from Long Eaton. I was looking for a sound system and um, a lad pointed me to him and I linked up with him and it was like, he's like a mad scientist, bro. He took away in Long Eaton. That's where, <laughs> that's where Bruce is from, Long Eaton. Yeah. Just in his like mum, like in, in his room, like this massive stack of speakers. I remember plugging my decks in and being like, what? Like, yeah. And then from there, we formed a bit of a partnership and we called it the Pond Life Sound System. Okay. Um, I put some money in to like double the size of it. Started using it actively as well, so be giving him rental money for it. Mm. And yeah, and it all just kind of fell into place, really, a bit like a God's plan kind of thing. All these things yeah. kind of just intertwined. 
And then how did uh, how did Ace Plate come around then? If you were doing stuff under Pond Life and then doing stuff under Pond Life Sound System, yeah. How did uh, Ace Plate like come around from that? Well, I was I was as, along with um, when we was on about like turntablism and all like hip hop and that. I was mad into graffiti as well. Okay. From about two thousand and nine as well. So I think that's about that kind of. 12-ish, 12, being about 12 years old. Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot of writing, painting, and I used to write DASE, D-A-S-E. Okay. Um, so that was always... Where, where's that from? Like, what's, what's the what's the stem of that? Yeah, just some fat bubbly letters, what are nice to write. That's how yeah. it was back then. It was like half half the names of like big rough artists don't mean nothing. It's just, it's more about like... Uh, Aesthetically pleasing, like yeah, it looks nice. Artistically, yeah. yeah, like bubbly letters, a pen to write, like, and then I added plate onto it because I just had a fat vinyl collection, yeah. uh, plates, and just like stitches it together a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 100%. And then, so then when was it sort of like the stem where you were like, right, I'm going to start producing underneath this and I'm going to start like mixing and, and DJing underneath this like alias? Well, I always had those dubs whilst I was doing the pond life thing, but obviously I didn't really have that confidence to just be like, oh, I'm Days Plate and I'm playing and this is a Days Plate song. It was more, yeah. I was always kind of hiding behind pond life. Like it was like pond life was always bigger than me as a producer or um, a DJ because I've never, it, it's a mad thing to become a DJ, bro. It's not very nice at the start. Like, yeah. It's bare embarrassing, you know, to say, like, even to put on your personal Facebook where you got, like, family and that, like, oh. I'm a DJ, yeah. I'm a DJ, man, in Days Plate. It's just like. What part of it do you think is embarrassing? Like, is it, like, in case it doesn't take off and it doesn't no, sort of, like, just, tick off? It's like, it's just a bit mad, isn't it? Like, saying, it's like creating, it's like creating a business. Like, yeah. if you want to start selling cupcakes, like, that's a bit embarrassing because you just know, Somewhere people will be like, oh, he's not a baker. He's not. Why has he started making cupcakes? Do you know what I mean? You'll always have people kind of, or that on your mind. Yeah, Yeah, like I said, not necessarily that that's even happening, but having that potential where you're thinking that, oh, people are talking about me in a negative light because they're thinking, who's this person to do this? Or who's this person to To be fair though, most of the time it is all self-induced, isn't it? Because you think, well, either my mates are going to back me and they're my mates, which is sick. Or there's people that are going to like hate us or there's people that are not going to back me. And then to be fair, like they're not going to like that. I don't really need them type thing. So it's like, yeah, a, well, I think yeah. I was smoking hella weed back then as well. So okay. that's a bit of it, but with it as well, it's just like, why it, it's like almost a bit uh, narcissistic. Mm. You know, to be like posting, like I never even used to like posting pictures of myself or never mind videos. So like to announce that you've got a song or you've produced a song is like mm. quite daunting. Do you know what I mean? So what was it the first, what was the first step to overcome that? Did you post it and it got a good bit of traction and like a good bit of support? Well, this, this, or this was it just like repeated? Like you're like, actually fuck it. I don't care what people think. Well, that's the beauty of Pond Life. Again, everything being so organic, like I'd be playing my sets and that was like a place for me to just play my music. Mm. What was all obviously unreleased and didn't really have a name to it. And it was just like, because it was anonymous it wasn't like some big thing of like grabbing the mic and saying oh my name's Damon and this is my rave and this is my song let me know what you think it was just very like anonymously kind of like that and the tunes were just going off bro like those raves were those parties were fucking mad like I wish I could I wish I could go back and play them now Mm. because the reactions were crazy bro and the sound system was sick yeah always something mad would happen at the venue because as you say like 
it'd be some mad place where it's just like all the bouncers are like bikers or something yeah it's always be something popping off and it was mad and it was sick and it was yeah it was proper like rough and ready it was sick yeah As well as being a celebrated artist and DJ, Damon also utilizes the power of business to generate income and create some incredible social content through his venture, Dayspate Discounts. One of the unique things about you and one of the things that I still I fucking love is uh, and no one that I've had on the podcast before and even no one really in the in the bass music scene of Dayspate Discounts. So for people yeah, that yeah. are that, for people that don't know Dayspate Discounts, how would you describe it to people sort of in a sentence or two? The future of bargains. <laughs> do you know what? Transparency, full hand and heart. Um we I had Isaac, you know Isaac Reader. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Isaac. Yeah, so we um, were chatting. I had him on the podcast, and we were chatting about bits and pieces. And he was like, "You should get this lad on." And I was like, "I, I love his. I like, yeah, I know him. Like, I love his music. Like, I know, like, I, I know who he is." But now you should get him on and talk about Dayspeak discounts. And I was like, "What? Like, what are you on about?" And he, then yeah, we spent five minutes going through your Instagram and going through the website and stuff like that. And I was like. I had personally no idea that like he did this um, and it's fucking fantastic and it? it makes me so happy. So for people listening that aren't aware, obviously you run another side to obviously the brand in Dayspate. You've got the, the music label Pond Life as well. You've got Dayspate discounts, which like from my perspective is like, obviously, like you said, bargains, getting stuff in, in like a big sales like group, like getting a, a large amount of a product in and selling it on the website or selling it. Have you done car boots as well? Am I right in thinking you've done car boots and bits and pieces? Yeah. Yeah, more car boots than hot dinners, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's so for example, it's like it's like e-commerce, but obviously like in a in a fun I and like in, one, a, in yeah, a. Yeah, I remember I saw on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, but I remember I think Instagram was down one night, and I just went. Yeah. I like logged into my Twitter, and I was like, I just I didn't know how to work it, so I just typed in Days Plate. Yeah, I remember reading all the stuff that was on there, and I remember like I think some American guy, and he was like. You should take. You should check out this guy called Dace Plates Discounts. He's a DJ and also does e-commerce. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I was thinking, yo, that's fucking a joke. Like you've not heard the word e-commerce before, and you were like, what is this? e-commerce like it just sounds joke doesn't it it's, like, yeah, it does. it's very like online like you said that you were like i've done more car boots than than hot dinners like e-commerce is more like uh, you know like drop shipping and stuff like that what as well so like people all those yeah. forex twats all those amazon yeah stuff yeah. like that and you're like actually i'll buy a bulk sale of like 500 items and sell them on a website and if you want one you can buy it and you can buy for postage or packaging and stuff like that as well can you give us an example about some of the stuff that you've sold online or sort of like days plate discounts sort of like ethos oh fucking hell um I think the double-ended dildos really say <laughs> So that's an example. <laughs> I didn't know you'd done that. That's an example of some of the stuff that you sold online. Um, so you do buy it like in bulk and then we'll sell it online in like... like yeah, it's like blind buying pallets, isn't it? So yeah. you can just have anything, bro. Like those pot noodles, that video went viral for some reason. Like it, it's weird because it's like, I'll just like, it, obviously it's there and you're in the moment. So you yeah. think, Oh, I'm just going to try to sell it quick and just do a quick yeah, video. Yeah. I'll expect it to just flop because I've done it in a rush, but then it will end up like getting like, it's got like 150,000 views on Instagram. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's just, I, I suppose it's just joke, isn't it? Like, but this is what, because I was like, it's, I was like, is he doing this as like a, it's either unreal branding or does he sort of like have like a business background? I mean, obviously they're selling it and obviously it's fantastic. I did, I did a, a business, yeah. 
there we go so like you have got the business background and you have got the thing there it's not like you're doing it for like a viral hit you're not like oh i'm selling all these and like i'm gonna sound mad but it's just another thing that i've done since i was like 13 yeah buying uh, buy and selling yeah i went like where that all started i think the first thing i, I went turkey once and i got bare fake gums like it was everything what i liked at the time and yeah. what it was like Big horse, Ralphie, Stone Island tracksuits, Gucci vouchers. Yeah, yeah. um, CP Company weren't really as popular back then, but all that kind of stuff. And I brought that back in a few Lacoste tracksuits as well. Bought mm. that back in like a big suitcase and just shot at them all. Yeah. Uh, BBM, bro. I made thousands off BBM. Do you remember BBM, bro? I don't, mate. No, like, I don't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you were yeah. sorry. You were selling them on BBM. So I was thinking a brand. I was like, no, I don't recognise BBM. Yeah, but no, yeah, you mean nah. you were just you were just selling them like broadcasting. Like I'm selling this. Oh, I'm yeah, selling that. yeah. BBM was the days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, yeah. That that was just pure hustling. That was like how people sold drawers. Yeah, you know what I mean. But just doing yeah. that, just like getting buses to random places and dropping off like Snide Stone Island and like yeah just mad bits and then I started selling shisha pens as well okay mad how they've come back into fashion innit yeah like the vape pens and stuff like that yeah, yeah 100%. I was ahead of that. I was you were there them. ahead of the trend ahead yeah, of the yeah. trend I was selling them before um, they boomed off because obviously you got e-liquid shops on every like, corner now yeah 100%. now innit but yeah they they went off bro I sold hundreds of them that's sick oh, and so you've just kept yeah. that balanced alongside the producing balanced alongside putting on the events balanced alongside like the djing and stuff like that well and you're like you said though you're just literally buying like the mystery palette type things and being like right i'll just back, back, back then i wasn't because yeah. um, i was a bit young to be buying like that amount of gear and i'd have nowhere to store it and i didn't yeah. have a car but back then i'd just be buying stuff what i wanted so i would like i want i wanted a fake stone island jacket so yeah. i just I thought, oh, well, if I want it, then I might as well buy 10 yeah. and sell the rest on. Do you know what I mean? And entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. Because obviously you could blaze it in um, in your bedroom or at school or whatever. Yeah. And it had no smell. So yeah. I was selling them at 20 quid a pop, bro. Yeah. For a fucking 300 puff shisha pen. It was mad. Yeah. That's sick. Mad. And I, sick. Fake, fake Supreme hats as well. Do you remember when they went mad? Yeah. yeah Not yeah, fake, yeah. but like normal ones. Like I got yeah. a pair of them. That's uh, having that entrepreneurial spirit, for, especially from so early on, is uh, is rare, mate. It's absolutely rare. It's like those boys. Like obviously, you've done the top tier of that. You've advanced over that. But it's like every school had that person, like selling sweets and selling food and selling drink in the, in the playground and going to the co-op on lunch and being like coming back with a Lucasade, coming back with all the crisp and everything like that. So you've just you've advanced over that level of being like, right, okay, cool, right. What can we make money from this? Yeah, from the sweets, from mate. Come to me, yeah. from Snide Stone Island. Yeah. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your, if you had to? I know it's quite on the spot. What's your um? What's your favourite venue in the UK and why? In the UK, uh, yeah. oh, I'd say it's got to be a West Indian Centre in Leeds. Okay, okay, I've, I've heard of it. I've not been there myself, but I've heard yeah, of it yeah. from the dubstep days as well. That I remember Leeds. screaming a lot of people like chatting about it and hearing Lofa and a couple of other people chat about it as well. Like that as a as a dub and reggae and dubstep like like place to go like for a venue yeah. i imagine it has it got a good sound system yeah bro yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's um it's sub sound system 
so it's just fucking it's yeah it's not even open no more bro it's um it's a proper shame iration steppers sound system like that's mm. what they'll be using for it and then room two they'd have a sick rig as well mm. um whenever i think of like a dream set i'd love to play like a two-hour set at a sub dub because it's like proper like just work it up and work it down and you don't have to play nothing too hectic there's no bright mm. lights it's like the kind of rave where people get their lighters out you know what i mean mm. yeah yeah I yeah, yeah. A couple when i was about 17 and as you say i think i saw like a deep medi special there okay oh it was sick bro it was amazing yeah that'd be my dream place no lighting no stages no nothing like that just a little you'll catch just like a little um you know like the pixar lamp yeah it's like a little lamp over the decks and you can hardly see what you're doing and yeah yeah, yeah. but the vibes there the in, like yeah, the yeah. atmosphere and everything like there is created from the music and the sound and the crowd and stuff like yeah. that hey well, my mates it's days play and you're listening to the you're not on the list podcast for rewind that track just to uh, just to to finish on what what's a piece of advice that you would give to upcoming producers and DJs or even upcoming entrepreneurs I know it's quite like unique but upcoming entrepreneurs in the music scene because like I said to you for you're quite unique in the sense that I don't know anyone else so some people will push t-shirts like with their own branding on some people will push merch with their own branding on bits and pieces and stuff like that you've got a very unique sort of sales point and sales pitch combined with your sound and combined with your music and bits and pieces is there any advice that you would give to upcoming people who want to pursue that I say just do it. I know it sounds like generic, but when I say do it, just do it. Like just do it to the max. Like just fall forward. Like that's the beauty of what like I, I do, and that's what I've always done. Because I'd like do all the graphic design myself, make all the music myself, and that write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> like, just do it. Like it's just whatever you do. Like that's the art. Like everything yeah. I make. That's what I mean. My tunes ain't even that good. Like scientifically but artistically they're something and the yeah. same with like the merchandise and the artwork and the t-shirt designs everything's just like there's no right or wrong yeah it's all subjective innit? it's all art do you know what yeah. i mean it's treated like art like that, that's what i did to get away with shit like yeah. not not shit but you know what i mean like this alternative because it's like it's not right or wrong. It's not got to be a set way. Even if it is yeah. shit, like you just say, oh, it's meant to be shit. That's, yeah. that's vibe. It's a shit vibe. Do you know what I mean? It's having that confidence. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, don't just do the, observe the masses and do the opposite. That's when you're going to shine up. It'll take mm. a while, but yeah, just fucking have a laugh most importantly as well. Be yeah. yourself. Some people aren't like, some people like, aren't, like funny do you know what i mean they don't like yeah. having a laugh so maybe that's different advice but yeah just fucking have a laugh don't just yeah it's just that punky fuss isn't it yeah a don't, diy don't take yourself yeah, too yeah. seriously and don't get caught up in your own ego i think that's yeah that's probably like a, a big thing yeah yeah serious and just keep up the good work damon it's been an absolute pleasure mate to chat to you it's uh it's gone very quickly like it's, yeah, it's gone really yeah. really quickly i was looking at the time and go like it has gone very very quickly but we've heard your whole story from literally start like early influences um early musical influences production influences putting on the first events putting on the first raves uh, attending your first raves um then moving into the production side hearing about nottingham hearing about like favorite venues um there's a lot that has learned and like i said i'm happy that i've chatted to you and i'm happy that i spoke to you from multiple perspectives of like 
doing something unique in the music industry, making sick music that I enjoy, bringing back a sound that has maybe necessarily, like you said, had a, a massive thing that you were following and wanting to like think like, how can I produce this sound and how can I produce this following and putting on these parties, putting on free parties, attending free parties, raving it and producing and DJing at free parties and the benefit of that. And then obviously also, like you said, backing yourself, having the funding yourself to put on your own events through the um the merchandise i'm not even going to say e-commerce i'm going to say hard graph like absolutely that that word is bands now from going on mate so i do really appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast today mate it's been an absolute pleasure oh god bless you mate thank you for having me yeah i've told you once told you twice you're not on the list all right all right